Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek service with Pastor Stephan Sherling. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Good evening, church. How are you? Baruch, can you come here? Can you give a warm welcome for Baruch, my, my brother? Baruch and me, we are touring all over the world, especially in Europe. We preach in almost 30 countries every year the gospel uh, together. In good times and bad times, we shared rooms, we shared couches, <laughs> we preached together. And I love him with his anointing to be with me on the stage. I've been here almost a, a year ago. It was summer, California summer. I said, mm-mm. I thought I was going to look like a good-looking, tent Latino surfer boy. <laughs> I looked like a burnt chicken nugget here, on, honestly, like on the <laughs> I, I saw the photos, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> wow. I'm like, mm, next time I come, here I am, winter. This is my kind of sun. <laughs> oh, one day I look like a good looking surfing Latino. I need to prepare. <laughs> I <laughs> just pretend. I'm so glad to be here. I have the time over here, there. Um, I, I'm gonna report a little bit actually the the two gentlemen the two brothers that are here today i invited them yesterday so brothers thank you that you came god bless you it was in huntington beach it's called right i met them in huntington beach we had the best conversation ever i just said very quickly come to the preaching tomorrow it was yesterday right and they're coming to the worship we are here brother support i'm like yes <laughs> so cool <laughs> fire is in the house <laughs> So next week, every one of you has to bring two friends. Amen. <laughs> every, every, next week, two friends. Pastor will tell me if, it, like, if we did. <laughs> I go back to Germany on Friday, cold Germany. That's where I came from. And I want to share and report a little bit about Germany um, and about the work there. First, I'm super blessed to be in this church. I feel so much love. It's very rarely that I come in and I get a flood of love and good coffee and good worship and i'm like wow there's this must be like spirit-filled people here i special thanks to pastor lopez his family for for this invitation that i can be here share with you you're my family and i'm so glad to be here with you together we are family right i'm a you know i was born into a nation uh where christianity is almost zero. I was born into a nation um, in Germany, South Germany, a very rich area where you don't have, in, you have in, in one city many churches. We have many cities without any churches. And I was grown up in my class and everywhere, everywhere there was uh, not a single Christian friends around me. In my age, I was 15 years old when I started the first church in that area. We were preaching on the streets and people around me always kept saying it is impossible to plant the church there. They said it's in, it is impossible to plant because of this reason, this reason. And they were actually right. Do, do we have any um, psychologists here? 
I bet we have, but the psychologists are not this woohoo people. <laughs> They're like, I am, but what, what do you want from me? <laughs> there, I, would, I would be very surprised if there's a psychologist like, woo, yeah, it's me here, woo. Preacher boy. <laughs> I would be so surprised. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there's a golden rule in psychology. Every doctor knows it. This golden rule says you can't therapy yourself. Even if you have five PhD, you're the smartest uh, psychologist in the world. You've wrote like 10 books, bestsellers. But the rule is you can't therapy yourself. There must always be a voice from outside in you. You know, when I grew up in a nation where around me there's no people who say it's possible, it's possible. And I try to find my faith by themselves, it's impossible. I need someone from external who puts it in me. That's why many nations, many cities, many societies, they don't experience revival. Not because they're bad, because they're, it's not their fault. Because you can't, when you're surrounded by people, you can't ask them to generate by themselves. I'm not that strong. And that was my biggest revelation and my rescue that I realized I am weak. I cannot help myself. I don't, cannot bring faith from me. I need people from outside and that's why actually I was wondering why Jesus even Jesus need John the Baptist to tell him who he is let's read about Jesus when he was baptized by John the Baptist and he went for, he continued his journey with a fight he was in the desert he was in spiritual fight he was later he went to Capernaum to Nazareth and there he couldn't do the miracles. They, he, he was running away. He was fighting. He was arguing. I don't want to go deep into the situation. But when you le read it, you see that Jesus was around and in the nation, around people where he was always like negative, 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 negative in his sight. And then there's one scripture that I loved. Can we open John 10 somewhere? Here. John 10, 39. Wow, you have technology. Look at this. <laughs> Educated. Educated. <laughs> it says again, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> again, they tried to arrest him, but he escaped from them. And then, okay, do you know the word like escape? It's not like Jesus was too cool for them, like, okay, you don't want to receive, I go. Escape, they say, I'm not that good. You're better than me in English. Like, what does escape mean? Last time I said to somebody, said, escaped. I'm like, this is a smart guy. <laughs> he has a PhD. True story, actually. And he was so confident, like, escape. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Uh, can we read the next, next verse? No, not this one. The one at verse 40. Sorry, I just gave you 39. In verse 40, it says, oh, now I, I mixed up the technology. Sorry for that. In verse 40, it says, Jesus tried to escape and he, he was walking back through the Jordan to the place where John the Baptist was baptizing him. And then the Bible says, he stayed there. 
And I find it interesting because we many times we preach, oh, if you cross the Jordan, if you go there, you should never look back, you should never go back. But this time the Bible says after he tried to escape, Jesus ran back through the Jordan. You know, this is like a sign we cross, we cross new land. He went back to the place where John the Baptist was baptizing them. It's interesting because there's nothing there. John the Baptist was in the desert. You know, it's dangerous in the desert. There are wild animals, it's hot, there are no city, no protection. There's not this police who could pr protect you from thieves and robbers. But Jesus was there and John the Baptist was not there anymore. There was nothing. What did Jesus did there? You know, to find this out, we can read what Jesus received there. When Jesus was baptized, there was a voice from extern, from heaven. What did this voice say? The Holy Spirit says, this is Jesus, my son, to whom I have, what is it, English, right? What again? I don't hear you. <laughs> you. Are there no confident people here yelling something in? To whom I have joy, right? Okay. I know it in German. So the Holy Spirit says Jesus who he is. He put extern inside him who he is. And Jesus went back there to the place where he received. You know, it's interesting because we sometimes forget how important the art of encouragement is to tell someone who he is, this identity, to get it from outside. Sometimes we try to find from inside our identity, but it's impossible. When you got from outside, all, when I grew up in a nation where they said, impossible, impossible, you can't do it, this reason, this reason, this reason. I can't from inside find the faith and the strength to preach on the street. But when I go and someone else from extern told me who I am in Christ, who I am. And I go back and I said, yes, I can. Because people in Germany says, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. It's impossible in this area. No one could do it. And do you know what happened a few years later through a kid? We have six churches already in Germany. But not because I found somewhere faith in me no because people put this faith in me that who said you cannot you can that's why I love come back to America and talk to all my pastor friends talk to pastor Omar talk to pastor Eddie talk to pastor Larry because when I come here they tell me who told you you cannot you can and I hear this and I love it I had this we had a new church and I had this church leader and he was young and my age and he was super on fire. He was so encouraged and he says, give me a ministry. I said, okay, you are the church leader of this church, 50 people. And in this church leader, we had this group which every church has. We have this five fire people spirit. They want to see more. They want to continue. They want to go. Then we have this 40 people who are like simple, normal church people. Like everything good you can't complain just you can't complain everything good with them and then you have this five emos um i don't see god in my life i don't see, i pray and i don't hear anything and everything 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 and this guy he came to the church he looked at the situation that he got and his strategy was let's i i leave the strong people because they are the engine they have fire by themselves they will go there's 40 people later and there's five emos. I go there and help because when I can push the five people, the church will be a new level. And he spent time with the five people. And do you know what happened? After three months, he was burned out. He came to me. Bonke says, if you have 50 people in church, you're not burned out, you're freeze out. <laughs> it was not me. It was Pastor Bonke. <laughs> I wouldn't say something like this. Anyway. 
<laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> he, he came to me and he says like, oh, God is not doing anything and there's everything bad. I said, hey, brother, what are you doing? Don't stick to the five emos because you walk through them and they throw you down. Go to the five strong people and go because... Here's a simple secret. We are supposed to be leaders. Leaders lead. We are not huggers and cuddlers. Because leaders lead. And if you go with the five leaders to new areas, the people will follow. It's called follow Jesus. Wait. You might say right now, hey Stefan, but what if the people, you can't just leave them. I ask you, what did Jesus did with all the people when he, said, when he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and they wanted to leave? He says, I'm so sorry, but we got to go. We have something to do. We have to lead. We have a mission. It's some, we, have, we need more leaders and not cuddlers. Yes. Here's the thing. He went to the five people and by hanging out with the five people, he got so much fire with them. They were walking and walking and walking and those people were following him. That's the secret. It's easier if you, you need people to follow. Take, oh, take, 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 let's, take, take Moses. Let's go to, um, oh, I thought we have something. <laughs> hey, can you open Exodus? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> In my church, we have something here. But whenever I point here, there's nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... The Lord Exodus threat. Lord, here's the story of the people of Israel, which is represent uh, the church very well. You have the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. We know this verse. Like one would speak to a friend. Like this is the best prayer ever. God is speaking every day to Moses. Like to a friend. This is like a situation that I, like crazy. Then Moses would return to the camp. I like the word he returned to the camp because the tent, it was not where all the emus was. It was apart from the group. It was further away because Moses, when he would stay where all these people from external, to, it's not possible. God is not there. He could never bring up this faith. But sometimes like Jesus, he had to return to the place where God says who Moses is. Then he returned to the place. And then there's a very important scripture. It says, but Joshua... His younger helper didn't leave the tent. Joshua was the son of Nun. The Bible says Joshua was there too. This is interesting. Joshua was just there. He didn't spoke. He didn't talk to God. He was just there at Moses. Guess who was the next leader of Israel? I never know why God chose Joshua. The only scripture where I read is Joshua was in the tent. The thing is where he was. Because when you would, imagine I would like a Scotty beam me to Exodus 31. And then I beam there like, and I'm in the middle of this 2 million Israel people. And I would ask them, wow, how is it? How is it here? They would all say, God is never speaking. God is not there. We never hear it. We never see him. This is a Godless. I said, Scotty, beam me back. I come to church. I said, God was not there. And then I said, okay, beam me again. And he beams me. And this time, out of this two million randomly, I meet Joshua. And I said, how is it? He says, oh, dude, God is speaking every day. Like to friend, face to face. Like every day. This is incredible. Wait. Same city, same place, same time. Everything the same. 
But there's one person who sees God every day and million person who says there's no God. Guess who was chosen by God to lead, to lead, to run and the people were following him. We don't need thousands of encouraged Christians to, to change a city, to change a nation. We need one person who is ready to go because he says God is there, God is there, God is there. Me and Baruch, we were, that's a very good example. Me and Baruch, we were in North Europe, in the worst place ever where the icebergs are, penguins walking around, the Vikings. The problem was, we went there on winter. It was so cold. You cannot imagine. It goes through your clothes like swords. The pro that was the worst year. I'm like strategic zero. Like summer in California, winter North Pole. We suffer, yeah, it was my fault. We suffered both. Like, here we died from, I look like burnt chicken nugget, and there I freeze like it. <laughs> Whatever. This year, in winter, I'm here. In summer, I'm there. <laughs> I can tell you that. I learned from my mistake. Anyway. So we were there, and this is the capital of the city. And then a pastor called us. Oh, we hear you in the city. Can we talk to you in a coffee shop? Okay. We went there. And Baruch and me were talking to this pastor. He was a typical North European pastor. No emotions at all. Eyes face. like. And then we were talking. So how is it going? And he's like, oh, mm, oh, mm, oh, mm. We didn't spoke the same language, but I got this brother. And then I said, so how is the worship leader? Oh, the worship, mm, she's prophesied. Mm, great. He was experienced revival. I thought the city has revival in the afternoon. The same day, we went to another pastor in the same city. And this pastor says, no one wants to come to church. The city has no God. There's no God here. There's nothing, 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 nothing. And I was looking at Baruch and we thought like, same city, same everything. You know, when I stick to the second pastor... After two months, I would come here. I would have no energy, no power, nothing. I couldn't leave because I said, God is not here. God is not here. But when I talk to this one pastor who's like, oh, mm, oh, yeah, mm, I would like, I want to move. I want to go. I want to start. I want to do something, right? So, <laughs> it's a simple truth. The power of encouragement. I have a question. When you are sitting here in a bad situation, right? Uh, do you have someone who encourages you? And the second thing is, do you understand how important your voice is to encourage someone? The only reason why I never stopped in Germany to preach and preach and preach and preach and preach was because people kept telling me, it is possible, it is possible, it is possible, it is possible from external. And I'm so thankful to, for this hero of God. I'm so thankful to be with them. I always was surrounded by these five people in church who hear God, experience God, feel the fire, see with God. And then I said, sorry, Emos, I would love to cry with you, but I, I need to go. And you know what? The pastor who, who left this, this, this five People will say, there is no God, nothing else, there's nothing there. Who kept with them? Therefore, it takes sometimes only five people to bring a whole church to another level. It's true. They were going and, 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 and the people says, hey, we are crying here since 10 years and nothing else. Look at them. They see God. They hear God. Let's follow them. I still cannot 
rely on my own faith, on my own strength. Because I know I need people who put it in me, like even Jesus. Jesus was born into a nation with no Christians. Jesus was the only Christian. Yeah, I'm like super spoiled in Germany. We have four or five. No, just kidding. <laughs> Jesus, even if you have no one around you who puts from extern, there was a loud voice, audible voice who says, this is Jesus, my beloved son. I have a lot of joy. Why did Jesus need these words? Because when it's not in him, God will put it from extern in him. We sometimes try to find in us what is in heaven. Instead of going back to the place where it's nothing but the encouragement we need. Do you, know, do you know how encouragements even work? I ask my leaders in church. Encouragement is the biggest power we have in, in Christian. Encourage someone. Do you know what? It's in, 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 a, a human is a, like a diamond which is hidden. And when you bring it out, there's a power, there's a rocket. You think one human can't do anything. Look at Spurgeon. Look at Martin Luther. Look at Reinhard Bonke. If you're able to encourage one Reinhard Bonke, you change the whole nation. Maybe you cannot encourage yourself. You try to. But even unchristians will say this is impossible. But use your words, use your faith to encourage someone else. And I ask the leaders, do you know how I encourage? And they say like, cheerleaders, go. You can do it. Go. And the people are confused. What does this American want from me? You can do it. You can do it. This is not encouragement. Sorry for Sorry for that. I need to apologize for this dance. Okay. <laughs> Encouragement. Do you know how I do it? I always try to find in people what they're good at, what they're really, they're really gift. Even if they have 10 bad habits, but one skill, one thing where he or her is good at. I always point on this because the other 10 seem so worthless when you point on what he can do and there's such a strength that he grows that this 10 will just disappear right and when you do someone an honest compliment an honest encouragement about this so first is you need to see who he really is not a fake when he says Jesus is it is we need to learn to see who the people really are imagine when you have a child and you encourage him in areas where it's not him he can never change the world. First is to see and to learn who the person is really are. And then you speak in this little thing. And if you say, I know a person who has nothing, absolutely nothing, then I say, it's, then we are blind. Then you are blind, right? Even the worst, worst, worst child has something where he's special and good at, right? And imagine we as a church learn the art of encouragement because the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to see things that others don't see. Imagine what would be with our children when we learn the art of encouragement. I was 15 and only because someone had the art of encouragement, which was my father. And I preached three years every day on the street and no one gave his life to Jesus. But I never stopped to preach. Do you know why? Because my father had the art of encouragement. Saw in me what no one else saw. And he always pointed on who I am. And you know, today's people say, 
wow, six churches, whoa, whoa, whoa. it was always the same little boy, it was also in the same person, but no one else saw. Only someone was, imagine we learned this in church. Wow, revival. Imagine you are learning this art of encouragement on your wife, on your husband. What will be with him, with her? She will bring the whole church on the new level. Amen. Imagine we learn the art of encouragement on our friends. They will bring our whole friendship on the new level. Encouraging is something that we cannot ask from someone. That we have to do on someone. And someone has to do on us. Does it make sense to you? So listen. <laughs> we were with I I studied a lot a lot and lot a lot and then I because my father says when I was old you can only be a pastor when you're the best in the class and I I was so little I believed him I'm, I was learning every day I was learning so much so I studied a lot in a very and a 12th year of studying management of engineering I got one of the best jobs in the world and then I met this pastor who says chef and the one thing is his name is pastor Eddie Vargas this one thing is your career the other thing is your calling and now you achieve the peak of your career and there was really a peak and um, sometimes it competes with your calling God can use you through your career through your calling what what do you want I said I, I just want my calling I just want Jesus 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 nothing else so I, I quit my job. Everyone says, you're crazy. Everyone. But the man of God who sees the right thing, they said, you're not crazy. You're in the right way. So I, I quit it. And then I, I invited Baruch. And we spent so much money. And we did, did a Billy Graham-style crusade in Germany. And we uh, hired a big room, everything, much money. And I took all my money. Uh, you cannot imagine. Everything that I had in this one event as the beginning of let's let's go, and and we rent that was filled with people. Everything was full, and I'm like, yes, let's go. We prepared, we did, and then something happened that the German never makes. I even spent more money that I had on my bank account. You can go in minus. For us Germans, worst thing ever. <laughs> I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't sleep. But I said, like, yeah, we can collect the offering and then I can go and next we step we see revival we see the revival we see revival and guess what happened he was there too I thought about everything but I forgot the usher <laughs> so what happened was he gave his best on the guitar, like bam, bam, hill song, oh, jumping, everyone perfect, everything, the atmosphere was good, testimonies. And then I made the preaching, the preaching was awesome. I said, thank you, Holy Spirit, the preaching is awesome. And then I made the altar call, and there was one woman, she was drunk. She was about 33 years old, right, this age, and she was super drunk. And she ran on the stage, hugged me, and kids, close your ears. She licked me, like, legit, like, really <laughs> disgusting. I... She licked me in front of everyone. She kissed my cheek French style. Honestly, like, I, I was trying to keep her away. He was confused. I was confused too. <laughs> Here's the thing. You, are la you, you laugh, right? Imagine a big crowd of people and I tried to keep her away, but she was with her tongue super close to me. And you know, I'm a German. I like distance. That was way too close. And 
And the crowd was laughing, yelling, doing stuff. So I couldn't, I could not make an offering. I could not make the altar call. And the whole event was a big disaster. So I said, Amen. Put my microphone down. Went with my new friend from the stage. <laughs> hey, this is, an, this is an emotional story. Why are you laughing? And I, I prayed for her. <laughs> I prayed for her. No one gave his life to Jesus. We could no offering, nothing. Just, and I, I quit my job. And uh, I was embarrassed to report my father. And of course, Baruch, you know, that's why I like uh, to be, have a Christian. Hey, dude, that was awesome. They, they give their life to Jesus in their heart, I bet. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> He's like, that was so good. I feel, I forgot the usher, you know. Never forget the usher. Just as a, this was the most important teaching for tonight. Always think about the ashes. God bless the ashes. Come on, come on. We, we give a big applause to the, to the people who keep drunk people away from us. <laughs> no, just kidding. So I went, to my, I went to my hotel room. It was in another city. It was in the city where Hitler made a lot of things that we chose. That's why we chose there. And no one knows like the story, but I was sitting next to my bed. And I started to cry. And I usually, I never cry. But I, I had no power. I felt like the biggest, not only loser, but after always that we went through, I felt so insecure. If I would have been in this moment alone, I wouldn't probably not stand here. But there are some crazy pastors who always, when you meet them for lunch, for dinner, they always find a few words of this greatest art and just say your few words and your heart is like a rose. It gets its whole beauty again. Do we understand how important this is? Because this nation needs leaders. Joshua, we don't, nothing, don't know anything about him. Only that he was in the tent. So no matter what situation you are, I can't ask you to like, hey, be better, ask, do, wah, wah, wah. I just can tell, can, can tell you, stick to the ones. Stick to the ones who are called the crazy ones in church. And let them speak externally in your life and see what it makes with your heart. So two days ago, <laughs> two days ago I met Pastor Larry. One advice, if you want to have peace in your life, don't lunch with Pastor Larry. Don't tell him. <laughs> because he always challenges you, right? So there's this one city in, in, in Berlin. This one city is, is Berlin and it's called like this the throne of devil there's no church that could survive and 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 and, and when I talk in Germany about Berlin it says it's very very far from me very far and I I would never go there and start a church there because 
there are so bad reports. The whole nation made me believe that don't start a church in Berlin. The whole nation of Germany start, said don't start a church in Berlin. Don't do it. This is uh, So many people tried. Everyone failed. And then I had a lunch with Pastor Larry, President Larry Neville. Guess what he told me? <laughs> you you got to go to Berlin. Praise Chapel, we are with you together. But it was, it was two days ago and I can't sleep since then. Because someone put something from external inside, what I didn't even ask for, but I have it now. So I just said, I use this preaching to talk to myself. <laughs> but glad you are part of this too. Thank you for being here. But actually, I, I would be happy even if I would be alone and with Baruch and his music and then I would talk to myself. But <laughs> you know how important it is that we are together, encourage each other, support each other. I have a question. If you meet these young people in your church, if you meet other people, do you really use this art of encouragement to put something in their life? Do we really do this? Do we know the influence that we have? Do we know this, what we can cause by it? And to be honest, I'm super, super afraid to go there and start. Because probably I will fail because we have no resources. We have no, we start from super zero, like below zero. And I have all the voices which say impossible. I have 99 voices who said it's impossible. But I have this couple of friends here in Praise Chapel, here of, of my friends who said it is possible. And these voices are always stronger than all the voices who say no. Always will be stronger. Always will be stronger. So now I got a call from the Holy Spirit for you. First, let me be today this one simple voice who can say who you are. You are the child of God. And with God, you can do everything. You can overcome everything. With God, you can... I mean, look, when they said in Germany, it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. 14 years later, hey, emos, six churches, who said it is impossible? It is God who did it. It was always be. And I don't know where God called you. And even if you have thousand voices who said, it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. Let me be the one voice from God who said it is possible in Jesus Christ. When He sent you, it is possible. And even if you fall, Christ will lift you up and you continue to go. Because this nation is not changed by emos and haters. This chain nation is changed by the single crazy people who get heard from someone. It is possible. And I can tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, it is possible. Because we have power in the cross. We have power in the blood. We have power in the Holy Spirit. And I want to live and die for it. And if we meet someone and you feel from the Holy Spirit to tell him, don't think it's just a voice. It is a voice. It is a mission. Go and encourage. Go and encourage. Go and encourage. Amen. Church, can we stand up together? I don't know how you feel, but I feel encouraged. Is someone encouraged here in this room? If you're here and you say, hey, I was burned out. I, 
I'm not a leader because leaders, they always stand in front of the unknown area of the darkness. If you're with the group, you always stand with the, how we call it, like realistic situation. But when you're a leader, you always stand in front of nothing. An area which is darkness, which makes you afraid, a pioneer, right? It's always scary. I tell you, it's always scary. But you know, if God calls you to be a leader, stick with leader and lead. Go in these areas and you will see people will follow you. And people in our time, they're hungry for a leader. They're confused. Our generation, they don't know where to go because they hear all the voices from Instagram, Facebook, left and right opinion. Donald Trump, is he good or not? Angela Merkel, is she good or not? He's left, right, economy, cars, whatever, everything, everything. We need leaders. And do you know the leaders who stick to the Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit, say, be honest, who I am? Who tell you, tell, can you tell me who am I? Can you tell me? Who I am, who am I? But be beware when Holy Spirit tells you who you are, He says, Now you know your identity, now you know your calling. Now don't be afraid and just walk. Don't stick to the other afraid people, just walk where you have to go. And if you say, But there's no one, there, there's nothing, there's no one in front of me. Yes, because you're a leader. You are a leader. You have to go, you gotta go. And then you will one day, Joshua, you will turn around and you see million people follow you. And you say, well, why do they follow me? Because he has been in the tent. Because he has been in the tent. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at Praise Chapel Paramount dot com.